0: Welcome to Crossfade, the dueling album review show about expanding your musical horizons. I'm your host, Matt Helgeson, joined by Jason Daphnis, my co-host. Hey, Jason.
1: Hey, Matt. I'm thinking tonight is, in fact, the night for uh, for a great podcast. How about that?
0: <laughs> it is. That's a great segue, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and to that end, we are uh, we are going to be talking about, you know, Our rock dad, our favorite, Neil Young, with uh, one of the world's uh, foremost Neil Young authorities, a friend of mine, Tyler Wilcox, who was nice enough to come on the show. Um, If you don't know Tyler, he runs a a really great blog and also a substack now called Doom and Gloom from the Tomb. It's, I think, one of the great, you know, bootleg blogs of all kinds of stuff. Classic rock, psychedelia, you know, more modern improv stuff, jazz, all sorts of stuff across the board. Um, He's written for uh, Aquarium Drunkard extensively, also Pitchfork mojo magazine um a bunch of other outlets i'm probably forgetting tyler welcome to the show thank you for having me the foremost expert i yeah i i I, that's you know that's
2: what i've been driving for for the last (laughs) you know 30 years of my life is just (laughs) becoming becoming the neil young expert that's right
0: neil young influencer of some kind you are exactly (laughs) well you're 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 my favorite neil young influencer (laughs) Thank, thank you jimmy mcdonough might have still have you beat but um uh, so yeah, tell yeah, us, yeah. tell For us a sure. little bit. Uh, I know you've been, you, uh, you do a lot of writing. You've written about Neil Young, I think, especially in the last few years with a lot of the archival releases, one of which we're going to talk about in a minute, but, uh, talk about some of the stuff you've done recently.
2: Yeah. I mean, the most recent thing I interviewed, uh, Billy Talbot from, uh, crazy horse. The, you know, the crazy horse just put out the new world record. Um, and I spoke with him, uh, just recently. Um, great great guy it's nice to sort of connect with these these guys who i've been listening to for for most of my life um and then previously i had done a an interview with nils lofgren sort of the uh previous crazy horse guitarist but now latter day crazy horse guitarist um he's he's around um and then prior to that i think maybe in 2020 i talked to poncho sam pedro um, who was uh, you know, the guitar player for Crazy Horse for a while. So I'm working my way through Crazy Horse slowly. And sooner or later I'm <laughs> gonna climb, you know, Mount Mount Neil or something. <laughs> You're um, getting closer and closer. Gonna, they're gonna yeah, they're gonna let me do it at some point. I mean, I talked to the you know, the guy at that is at Warner Brothers who sets these things up. I'm always like, So when when do I speak with Neil Young? And he's like, Well, that's gonna uh, may, maybe someday. Um, and i'm like okay (laughs) but there's hope yeah there's hope there's hope yeah i mean you know i think neil's he's 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 he needs to he needs to prepare for me i don't even know i mean i actually kind of i mean i kind of enjoy talking to these the uh the people who are a little more you know side side sideline i feel like i might have a heart attack if i was going to speak with neil young i'm not sure yeah
0: that'd be a trip that would be a real trip (laughs) um and also billy billy plays on the other album we're gonna talk about tonight's tonight, which we mentioned um so this is kind of interesting because we we haven't done a neil special and we were chatting and you were like let's do citizen kane junior blues um which i was like that's great um and Part of me said, "Well, oh, gosh, I like picked Harvest or something," but then I'm like, you know what? we'll d- let's go right into the ditch. These, yeah. like, for those don't uh, that don't know, Neil has what was referred to as a ditch period, where after the success of Harvest, which is a you know worldwide blockbuster on you know Heart of Gold and Old Man and songs like that, he kind of uh, released a trilogy of albums uh, on the beach, Time Fades Away, and then Tonight's the Night. That kind of, uh, I think, what was the quote, Tyler? Like they wanted me to go to the in the middle of the road and I headed for the ditch.
2: Yeah. It's like heart of gold put me in the middle of the road. And I thought that it would be more interesting to head for the ditch. (laughs) Yeah. Something something along
0: those lines, paraphrasing. And so, I mean, I would definitely say that, you know, harvest and, you know, maybe after the gold rush and, you know, cinnamon girl is kind of why he's like a classic rock icon. I think the, this period of his career is really why there's probably like obsessive fans like you and I, you know, this is, this is really the core to like people that, spend way too much time like <laughs> thinking about Neil Young, like yes. this is the era, the early seventies. And I think that, um, as you'll probably hear, I think it's it sort of, um, it has echoes to, I think of sort of the, the, the collapse of like the sixties and the sort of, you know, dark post Manson era and, and yeah. drugs and, and sort of disillusionment of the, the, um, you know, post Kent state post Richard Nixon, Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, I think that this whole era is sort of, a you know, the, the, the end of the dream in, in yeah. certain ways. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, it's definitely him kind of both looking out and being depressed and then looking inwards and being depressed. I think, <laughs> you
0: know, mm-hmm. I think
2: that there's, you know, there's also just like very deep kind of personal, personal issues that he's, he's working through, um, in this, in this time period too. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, I mean, and, and he's even, you know, like just in the last couple of years, he finally released, you know, the fourth Ditch album, Homegrown, which is sort of the most kind of, you know, heartbroken of those records. I think um, mm-hmm. so. It's it's an expanding,
0: expanding uh, ditch universe. <laughs> That's like Marvel, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so this one is uh, an interesting one. Uh, it's it's build. Uh, on the official Neil Young, uh, you know, kind of archive series, of Citizen Kane Junior Blues." Yeah, um, I feel like I might have even downloaded this from your your Tumblr. Uh, um. I, it's been floating around. Can you just talk about it, like the history of this this yeah. show? It's kind of a it's it's one of the more I don't know. It was always one of the more prized or sort of iconic Neil Young bootlegs. Yeah, because it's just like a very like I mean, it was sort of like the surprise
2: appearance in mid nineteen seventy four. Um, at the bottom line, it was, uh, I believe that he just sort of showed up after a Rye Cooter and Leon Redbone show at the bottom line. I mean, the bottom line for people who don't know, I mean, it's, it's a pretty tiny club. It's sort of like a nightclub that, um, you know, people would, people who are more up and coming would Neil Young at this point was not playing tiny clubs he was actually, right Right after this, he would go on uh, the Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young reunion tour that summer um, and play, you know, like huge stadiums. Um, so this was sort of like his, I don't know, I think maybe he was like warming up for the CSNY thing and just was in New York and wanted to play what ended up being like a bunch of new songs, um, things that hadn't come out yet for the most part. Um, a lot of it is from on the beach, which uh, would have come out maybe in July, I believe. Um, I think at least that summer, it's a summer album on the beach, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a really summer, summer fun kind of situation. Um, so he play he debuts a ton of songs from that, like these big, uh, you know, like he plays almost the entire second side he plays the entire second side of of on the beach um and revolution blues these very like dark numbers so it's been yeah it's like it's and unfortunately someone was there taping it um you know it's one of those things that if there wasn't somebody who had you know lugged a tape recorder to this thing it would just be something that people remembered <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like like it would be it's it's sort of like one of the ultimate uh, arguments for for bootleggers, um, because it's like a very classic performance that, um, yeah. would not, we, like he wasn't taping it or anything, he, you know, the, the official version that came out is this guy's tape. Um, so it's not, it hasn't been, it's been, you know, gussied up a little bit sonically, but it still sounds pretty much like a bootleg.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, let's start maybe We we kind of touched on some of the, you know, kind of the creepy end of the sixties vibes and, and Manson. So yeah. Revolution blues is kind of the most explicit, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and there's some like layers to this. Cause it wasn't David Crosby very offended by this song. Yeah. But- I
2: mean, I think, I mean, he plays on the, on the beach version. I think he's playing guitar on it, but he was like, like, what are you, what are you doing here? (laughs) You know, like, like, I mean, I think it's that line. I hear the the Laurel Canyon is full of famous stars. And I mean, Crosby probably lived in Laurel Canyon at the time when those Manson things were going on. And
0: (laughs) he was probably like, like this, that's not cool, man. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And Um, and the dune buggies and stuff, which I think the Manson family had dune buggies, but you'll hear it. This is like, you know, very paranoid and kind of, you know, (laughs) yes. Evil kind of Neil, I guess. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, we
2: live in a trailer At the edge of town You never see us Cause we don't come around We got 25 rifles
0: just to keep the population down. Yeah, this is like I always forget how Manson this is. <laughs> like, <'cause laughs> yeah, Manson I mean, sort of envisioned like they were starting like, a like a giant race war and stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a very like, you know, like inhabiting this. There's another song, there's a a, a John Cale song from around the same time, Leaving It Up to You, which I always think of as being kind of the same thing where it's Inhabiting this kind of <laughs> horrifying countercultural figure, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, sort of the ultimate like boogeyman for uh, uh, the '60s.
0: Well, it's so good to be here.
2: To sleep
0: on your
2: but it is funny. I mean, yeah, the, this this show is just so funny because the songs, for the most part, they're so dark. But he's very, ca- you know, he's very laid back and casual about it, making jokes.
0: yeah yeah it's it's a weird vibe
2: (laughs) he's very very chill about it see it's like almost as laid back as you've ever heard neil young he sounds very very you know easy
0: (laughs) easy (laughs) going yeah there may be some uh you know assistance on how mellow he is i would imagine as well (laughs)
2: yeah Uh, well i mean yeah i mean
0: uh,
2: he i think at some point he's like i like the sweet smell coming from the audience yeah, um, and he famously, you know, maybe we'll get to it, but famously gives instructions on how to make a particularly potent marijuana concoction.
0: One thing here, I which I always think about with Neil is that, like, he he's such an amazing acoustic player. Like, he has a, just this really heavy hand and these kind of like yeah. downstrokes, like. Yeah. Compared to, like, his contemporaries, like, his, like, his acoustic stuff still kind of sounds heavy to me. Like, it's almost like yeah. this natural kind of, like, his own, like, kind of rhythm section, the way he, like, kind of, he kind of chunks into those chords in that kind of distinctive kind of way that he does.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is, it's, yeah, it's incredibly distinctive. And I feel like maybe even at this period, it is, like, he really kind of leans into the, yeah, that, like, like, hitting that low either drop d or e string or something and just kind of spiraling out i don't know i mean he's 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 a very unique guitar player i mean he talks about like i mean acoustically um like Jansch or something like that being an influence but it doesn't really quite sound like that no. i don't know it's sort of like maybe he got an idea from that kind of playing and then took it somewhere else um Yeah, But yeah, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I I love, I mean, Revolution Blues is, you know, it's like one of his, yeah, like full on, (laughs) full on embracing, embracing the darkness. I do always like, though, I mean, you know, like people, like this show is funny, too, because a lot of these songs, I mean, obviously, a lot of these songs, they're, the audience is hearing them for the first time. And it's funny, because I mean, you know, they're like. You know, there's there's like punchlines in these songs. Sometimes, yeah, I mean, they yeah. they sort of there's a lot of laughter from the audience with some of these things where you're like, "Well, I don't know if it's funny, but maybe they're sort of like cutting
0: the tension." <laughs> <or something."> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, uh, where where else would you like to go? I mean, I know there's there's a lot. Well, I mean, here. if you want
2: to go to that, I mean, the first song. Yeah, um, that's
0: kind of uh, pushed
2: it over the end because that kind of takes it from. I mean, it's like. Like that song, I think, you know, has some elements of like Patty Hearst, you know, like the, I think that was going on kind of at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like a similar, like, like here's, here's where, <laughs> where the sixties yeah.
0: have taken us at this point. And this song was kind of, can you tell me about like, cause this, this was always one of those songs that, like was one of those great, like unreleased Neil Young epic yeah. kind of songs. Can you talk about the chronology of like how that.
2: Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, this was one of the things that was the most amazing to me about this recording when I first heard it. And I first heard it like on a, I I actually didn't hear it on a um, bootleg called Citizen Kane Jr. Blues. I remember my older brother had gotten a bootleg called Mr. Young. And it was like in one of those, you know, plain brown rapper kind of things. It was very like, just seems so sketchy um and you know we we put it on you know we were you know getting getting into neil young records but you put it on and you'd be like like well what the you know like pushed it over the end comes on um and you know he introduces it as citizen kane junior blues and it comes on and you're like like how is this not on a record like this is the you know like it sounds like a classic neil young song like kind of an amazing I don't know, like deep, <laughs> yeah. deep, heavy, heavy tune with like some great lines and just sort of like this incredible vibe. But then you were like, "So where is like the studio version? Like where? Like how? What? How, how do I hear this? You know, like the finished version?" And he, you know, he played this song electric with CSNY that summer, and then pretty much ditched it, um, and it never came out on a. I think that maybe there was some sort of weird. Like a live version of it came out at some point, and then it's on there's a live version on uh Archives Volume 2 with CSNY. It's cool. I mean it's like a it's like a jazz rock version of it almost. Um, but this version is like definitive, but it is it you know, it's one of those things, yeah, like you said, like it's one of those things that turns uh a casual fan into like a fanatic because you're like if if he's not putting this stuff out <laughs> yeah. what else what else is he not putting out is there like a ton of other and you know it turns out that there is a ton of other stuff that he you know yeah. that he would jettison which you know i mean it maybe is like you know like him and bob dylan the uh you know leaving a whole bunch of stuff unreleased for fans to obsess over for years maybe
0: turned out to be a good uh good career move i think (laughs) it was yeah yeah Yeah. well let's hear it because this is really i think you know it's like it is remarkable this was never on a record yeah it's great
2: Yeah, it's just. I mean, I mean, I feel like the. I still think about just the first time hearing it and being like, "This is, this is like my favorite Neil Young song. I love this song." And then, yeah, that it, that it just was was uh, left
0: left on the wayside. Yeah. Have you ever heard? As far as you know, was it ever attempted in the studio and like just not put on something or?
2: Yeah, I don't think that it's, I don't think that CSNY ever did like, uh, you know, I think they were trying to make a record around this time, um, but I've never heard of there being like a actual version of it. Uh, hmm. Maybe the closest, I mean, you know, like the, the live versions that came out on Archives, and then I think maybe there's like the
0: CSNY
2: 74 release that came out
0: I a few mean, years ago. To me, it certainly would have been at home and on the beach. Yeah, um, totally. But maybe yeah. I don't know maybe he thought there was like that would have been just like too much on the <laughs> beach or something. Been. But it might
2: have been. I mean, yeah, it's like it's yeah, cuz I yeah, putting this on the same record with the title track to on the beach might have been like like okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We've like we've like dirged it up here. <sighs> yeah. We're getting getting too intense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I I mean, I just love this song. I th- I think it's like like one of those Yeah, just like this classic thing and something that you're like like okay, like I'm. If I want to hear more of this stuff, I need to seek out all this weird, uh, yeah, <laughs> like like
0: deep deep stuff. Yeah, yeah. I have to find it, yeah. Let's uh, let's move to uh, probably the closest thing to like sort of a hit on this album, which didn't come out. This did No, long may you run. This doesn't come out for several years, right? That's on the stills. Yeah, it's like another two years before it yeah. actually shows up. It's on stills young. The... Yeah. So, on, and that's—I don't know if it was like a hit, but it's certainly sort of a Neil. Staple, oh, it's like a standard, you yeah, know. For um, sure. Of like, if you go to see him in concert, things like you know, it, it's you know with yeah. old man and yeah, and that sort of thing. Uh, this is "Long May You Run," um, and it's you know, it's about a car. Neil loves his cars. He loves his car, but I mean, it's funny because I mean,
2: and I think this is like the debut performance of it. I don't think he'd ever done it before, um, but like. It, you know, I mean, it's such a great thing because, yeah, it's like, it's almost like a novelty song, but Neil sings it like his life depends on it kind of, you know? Yeah. Like, like you hear people kind of chuckling in the background, but I don't think that he's like kidding, you know? Like it's not really like a, like a song that he's, I don't know, like he's, he's not trying to, he's, he is serious about how much he loves his car.
0: <laughs> yeah, very, <and> it's, <laughs> but, you know, I think with Neil sometimes, I don't know, I, I think he likes putting stuff out there and, you know, I, I don't there could be double meanings to it and oh, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. he's definitely yeah. he, him and Dylan both like to kind of play with quotes and stuff, you know, yeah. but, yeah. uh, this is, this is definitely a standard. I think for a reason it's got an amazing chorus it's, you know, kind of classic, yeah. this is as close as he is to just sort of the classic neo country rock kind of folk rock kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm,
2: yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm always like, it's a beautiful song. It's like such a nice, and I love, you know, you hear the, you hear everybody, uh, you hear the audience in this version crack up at like the Beach Boys line, um, where he sort of quote you, like, maybe the Beach Boys have got you now with those waves singing Caroline. Um, but I'm always like, that's like a great, like, that's great. Like, that's a really good line. It's not just like a joke. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no. <laughs> like a pretty good, pretty good
0: uh, evocative kind of thing. Honestly, one of the things I, I actually fucking hate about Neil Bootlegs is I feel like the audiences are such kind of smug you know what I mean yeah. kind of like condescending kind of like yeah, always like yeah. ho 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 kind of chummy thing I just really yeah. I, I kind of well, Mars I
2: mean, yeah no I agree and I, I feel like you get that weird thing with like I mean especially when he's with CSNY like they're sort of like they think they're sort of stand-up comedians or something and like they're like really insufferable <laughs> a lot of the time yeah I just um, I, that,
0: I just noticed like people kind of laughing in like inappropriate places like yeah yeah kind of just like gabbing and stuff yeah Yeah, I mean, he's... Hippies, man.
2: He's a weird... Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's just a weird... You know, like, he's the sort of person... I always think of Neil Young as being, like, you know, the... The biggest, like, cult artist who ever ever lived. Because, like, he shouldn't be as popular as he is, really, you know? But he has, like, this incredibly, like, diverse (laughs) range of people who like him for various reasons. Um, So you get a lot of that where it's, like, some people are there for kind of to have their corks popped at the right moment. And then other people are serious about it. And then other people are somewhere in between, but you have this kind of like odd tension, yeah. <laughs> tension in the audiences when you're there, um, or listening to these bootlegs.
0: Was back in River in 19- Jason, we haven't talked to you at all. What, uh, how familiar with any of this stuff were you?
1: Very, very little. Um, I know I've listened to Harvest, and yeah. I think that might be like the only full Neil record I've ever listened to. So this is—I feel like I'm in the kiddie pool, staring down at like a bottomless <laughs> abyss. I mean, you're describing—you're <laughs> yeah. describing like yeah. the the the, uh, the the fanatics, like uh, <laughs> gold mine type stuff. So this is—I feel like I'm standing at the edge. Either I, <laughs> I dive in and lose myself completely, or I. turn around and live my life well if you
2: if you look at the cover of on the beach that's you right now it's him sort of staring out at like a like an abyss essentially so he either has to you know get into the water or i don't know what he's he's gonna
1: (laughs) it's gonna be intense i am in fact googling it right now yeah and my dog is barking i'm gonna (laughs) choose to see those as two separate occurrences there you go yeah
2: Neil also, ha- Neil also has a lot of songs about dogs, too. So. Oh, okay. Cars and now, dogs, now you're speaking my language. Cars and dogs. Old King, that's a good one. Old King. I mean, I think that from around this time, there's like Love Art Blues, and I think his dog was named Art,
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> which is sort of like a weird
2: joke. I think that it was like, they would say like, you know, like if people would call him an artist, he'd be like... Art is just a dog on my porch.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking at some of the outtakes, or maybe they're like insert photos from on the beach. <laughs> yeah. it, like, have you seen the ones where he's just like gripping a cold one yes. in, a, in yeah. a canary yellow blazer? It's actually, I feel like five with this that's guy. A great neo look era for <laughs> sure, a classic. Yeah,
2: yeah, it is. I mean, it's you know, this is yeah. The on the beach hadn't come out yet, but it was like. You know, it's the follow-up to Time Fades Away. Um, so he's definitely just, like, going in a, yeah, like a ditchward direction, for sure. And he had already recorded Tonight's the Night, so, I mean, that's, it hadn't come out yet. The chronology gets a little confusing at times. Yeah, because stuff
0: mm-hmm. was recorded before it came out, and... Yeah. Um, all right, well, I'm trying to think what else we should... we, should, we I feel like Ambulance Blues...
2: Ambulance blues is uh, like, yeah, like that's, epic, that's a,
0: that's his like stairway to heaven kind of, or something.
2: It's, uh, I mean, I always think of it as being like his, his rewrite of like desolation row. Like that's sort yeah. of what he was going for. Um, it, it does. I mean, it goes on. I think he apologizes before this performance. Like, he's like, like, I can't believe that I'm going to play a song this long and this much of a bummer. Yeah, um, but he's like,
0: I'm going to do it. I'm gonna do it anyway. It's my trip. (laughs) Definitely. I'm looking at that picture, Jason. Like this era, too. Like especially, like the tonight's night era. Like him and the band, just like the the seediest motherfuckers that ever lived at this time. You know, they're always (laughs) wearing these like ill, like sunglasses inside and like weird, ill-fitting suits, and they look completely sweaty and wasted. They look like they found like they found
1: their outfits in a car in the parking lot on their way in.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what's crazy too, though. It's
2: just like that these guys are like. I mean Neil Young is like at the height of his fame right now. You know, like this is like I mean, he's going to play like this 1974 tour that he's doing uh in the summer of 74 is like ma- I think maybe it's like it was the biggest rock tour of all time up to that point. Um so he's like, you know, he's extremely famous <laughs> and he looks like yeah, like like you might find him uh, you know, in the gutter. Uh That's
1: a look for longevity, <laughs> longevity is what it is, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um Did you say you wanted to hear Ambulance Blues? Yeah. Yeah. All right, here we go.
2: Yeah, this is more of that that guitar style. I guess this is, I mean, famously, he admitted later that he sort of subconsciously ripped off a Burjanch song um, called Needle of Death, which you can hear. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely he—he he takes it someplace else, but like that first little lick is kind of like, like very, very
0: reminiscent of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so much more kind of delicate, though, and yeah, florid or whatever you want to say.
2: I mean, he's a better guitar player than Neil Young, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, definitely there. But yeah, this, yeah, I mean, this song is. I feel like this is a song that is, you know, it's like Neil had done long songs before. Um, I guess I think of like Last Trip to Tulsa um, on his first record, which is not the not the best song because um, it just is sort of like a string of stuff. Um, but this one, I, I feel like it always like, it bu- it builds in a really good way. Like you really do kind of have to pay attention to it. Um, And it gets gets deeper as it goes, kind of.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's that classic stuff where, like, I you know. So I always think it's somewhat bullshit when artists are like, "I don't know, man." The songs just kind of come to me through the universe and stuff. I always feel like that sort of like kind of jive talking you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i kind of i sort of believe that neil doesn't know what some of his songs are about
2: yeah completely. Yeah. i mean I, I yeah i i think that especially at this point i mean songs are definitely like you know i mean you just look at this period of time and you're like it is kind of amazing the, the output and you're like like there are very few bad songs that he was writing at this point um maybe not any bad songs i don't know um but he is, it feels like it's just sort of coming out of him and it's all good. <laughs> Which is, you know, I mean, maybe yeah. like Dylan's 65, 66, it's sort of like a similar thing where it was like, just the inspiration was, was happening. Um, it's hard to say the meaning of the song, you just yeah. said it.
0: That's <laughs> always, you know... Neil just has these ways of, like, delivering these lines that, like, if you just read them at their face value, aren't, like, super, mini- m- like, meaningful, but they yeah. seem, like, the most, like, profound yeah. thing. Like, when he says, like, an ambulance can only go so fast, it's sort of like, it's like, oh, man, I felt that deep in my yeah. heart. I don't yeah. know what, you know what I mean? I don't know yeah, what Yeah, he no, means. he's perfect. I mean, yeah, he's not,
2: he's not somebody, like, that you would really want, like, a, a poetry book, but he's, like, he's, he's the perfect, perfect mix of lyric and music
0: That I can think of for the most part. He's he's got it. Yeah. All right. We should probably do a couple more because this is going to go on. It's like probably another six minutes of this.
2: Yeah. I mean. I mean. The only. Yeah. I guess if you if you wanted to move on to like motion pictures, that's sort of like the one that is uh, this this bootleg in particular was sort of famous for because he the preamble to it
0: um, is his honey slides his honey (laughs) slides uh, description and so. Let's just we, we let's just do the honey slides thing. So I remember this was from the book, right? So he's hanging out with these crazy yeah. Cajun dudes, the Kershaw brothers, right? Who are like yeah. essentially I mean, I like think it's, yeah, borderline I think Rus- criminals. Rusty and
2: Doug, they're like, I mean, they're pretty famous as far as just like, you know, these these famous Cajun guys who sort of crossed over to some extent. But they, uh, I think maybe just Rusty plays on, on the beach. Um, but yeah, they're like... Like, pretty hardcore guys, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. I remember that from the book. As where
0: far like, as... I think, I, th- I swear, like, Rusty pulls a knife on Stephen Stills or something like <laughs> yes, that. Uh, like yeah, maybe Crosby knife. or Stills or something. Like, like a big He's like, buck. Like he has, like, a Davy yeah. Crockett-type like, knife. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, Rambo. Uh yeah. And so, I, my memory is that they basically, are like, they're, they're getting a pan and a bunch of really, like, kind of cheap weed. And yeah. then they, they mix it up with honey and kind of fry it into this yeah, kind he, of sludge. Yeah, you
2: fry it up and it becomes something that, yeah, like, I guess just sort of slides, slides down. The (laughs) gullet. And apparently, I mean, I've never tried it. So, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've yet to, I mean, maybe someday I will. But, um, yeah, I I mean, I think the description of it was just that it, like, really slows you down. (laughs) Like, it, it just gets you, gets you in a really, like, slow, slow motion kind of groove. Which makes sense when you listen to some of the record, you're like, okay, yeah, that's like, like if you're gonna if you're gonna play that, play that sort of stuff, it's it's gonna be be slowed down. So yeah, yeah,
0: let's hear it. And this is also a great, this is a a really great song as well. Um, you know, on the beach, I was kind of vacillating between um, that and tonight's the night, but then this has a lot of on the beach stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Right. but uh, yeah, this is this is a a great one and a great intro. Yeah, it's amazing. I
2: got one more song I'd like to sing for you. Another new one. I know you heard a lot of these songs. I had a chance to sing them for people. So. This is actually the only time that Neil has played this song. Isn't that crazy? What do you mean? In concert? Ever? In concert. This is the only performance oh. of Motion Pictures. Wow. It's insane. It's a great oh. song.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so 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 I have to tell you a story about Southern Man.
2: Oh yeah, he has to stop and tell a story about Southern Man. Um, what's crazy is that he he doesn't uh, you know like if you buy the the official record of this he's cut all this out. Um, he's he's taken taken his Southern Man story out of this.
1: Oh, maybe, was maybe too I'm, intense. Uh, maybe I'm showing my ass a little bit. I'm playing some MP3s here, Tyler. <laughs> it's a little bit of high <laughs> yeah, uh, radio you're today. You're
2: playing the official thing. I think maybe you can hear it on the. Um, I think that if you go to his website, you can hear the whole thing. But for ah. whatever reason, he was like, "You don't get to hear the the entire uh, description of this, this Southern Man incident, or you don't get to, and you don't get to hear the entire description of how to make honey slides."
1: Ooh. So, so
2: for the kids out there who are listening, you know, you have to go, you have to go to the source to get all you, to get yeah, this, you-
1: Ravenous 20 year olds, yeah,
2: <laughs> for this thing. You know, where I was at, where I wrote it, but anyway, I was singing away, you know, so that I'm going to keep you That's so great. I mean, he's he's, you know, it's just like this very laid back situation,
1: yeah. It's good for <laughs> setting the scene. I uh, I wonder, should I jump ahead? Do you think? Or do yeah, you, you want to could hear more? ahead to
2: the song, probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, yeah, there you, do. you go. There you go. so yeah. slow.
2: The sort of came We
1: were all sitting around, playing chords, playing with my friends, Rusty Kershaw and Keith, sitting around the motel was
2: on. Yeah, I think I remember that them saying that the uh main diet this period was like honey slides, tequila and cheeseburgers. <laughs> Clean was so it. just like yeah, just
0: <laughs> on this on the sunset strip somewhere. Yeah, and I think we'll give get even more of that vibe coming up as we switch gears <laughs> to the other album. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Trying to
2: get my act together. But I love this. I mean it is it is kind of amazing because I did I I just sort of went to You know, there's a a website called Sugar Mountain that has, you know, every Neil Young set list or whatever you can go through. And it calls out, you know, if a place, if a song is a debut and it's literally this is the only time he's played this song, Um, which is wild. I don't know if there's many songs in his catalog that he hasn't played more than once.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's odd. It's, I mean it is
2: I mean, I listen to it every every time I hear it, I'm like, hmm, this, this
1: is an amazing song that's gotta let it like a certain mystique, right?
2: yeah, I mean, it's just like like yeah. maybe he'll I mean you know, like maybe he'll break it out I mean, he has been known to you know like he hadn't played what was it there was something that he hadn't played since nineteen seventy three that he played you know in two thousand nineteen maybe um like what was it probably like there's a world or something from harvest
0: um I think they broke that out wow yeah this has that great kind of on the beach stoned out kind of bummer vibe yeah. you know yeah uh,
2: and it's such a great I mean I don't know i've've I've you know I've learned to play this on guitar and it's just like such a simple chord progression that just repeats over and over but it's it's perfect Self-born. I feel like you actually
0: get a little of uh his Canadian accent there. Yeah. He says, Boro. Yeah. <laughs> also, too, um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's been corrected, but On the Beach kind of had a mystique, because I remember, like, for whatever reason, like, his albums, you know, he's on Warners, right? And it was, yeah. you know, everything was pretty Warner's. Print, yeah. But On the Beach was definitely out of print for a long time.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, and, that was, I mean, that's, yeah, it's another thing that, like, turns people into crazed fanatics is, that, I mean, it was... You know, like you had to go to a used record store to get yeah, it. Yeah.
0: Cause I remember finding a good copy for what, you know, I thought in my broke college years, like $15. I was like, oh my God. Right. You know, but I bought it and I was like super excited about finding yeah. it on the beach.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it came out on CD and, you know, it sort of went maybe like early 2000s or something. So it was sort of like famously not, uh, not available unless you were, I mean, you know, like, I mean, it, it, like we said, it was like, he was very popular. It wasn't like it was a rare record necessarily, but you still had to, you couldn't just go to Tower Records and get it or something, you know. Um. So it definitely, I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, it, along with this bootleg and uh, on the beach, I feel like it was the sort of thing that really, you know, I heard it probably in eighth grade or something but it was a sort of thing where i was like oh like i have to go to these places and see what they have and then that you know led me into all kinds of different uh you know record store situations where you're like what is this record and what are all these things i mean it's good to have i mean it's like streaming now or something if something isn't streaming you're yeah. like well i mean it still exists you just yeah. have to kind of work a little bit to get it not that it's not that hard to get it, but you know,
0: no, but it's kind of like how like CDs are either worth like two dollars or eighty dollars now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah,
2: there's some some kind of thing. But yeah, Citizen Kane Jr. Blues. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean it is it's cool that he put it out. I I'm annoyed that he made those weird kind of like edits, but you know, um it's good to have it be like officially part of his
0: yeah, his, definitely. His
2: legacy cuz it is. It is yeah, it's like it's a very
0: unique show and it's like just great from start to finish for the most part. Yeah, no, it's, it's I've been and it, you know, I think it's slightly better sound quality than the bootleg. Not yeah. there's only so much you can do with it, but I feel like they ran it through some, you know, yeah. noise yeah. denoise stuff or whatever. Um now we're going to switch to I think, you know, pretty much universally regarded as I don't know where you rank it, but I'd say yeah. one of his classic all-time albums Damn. um tonight's the night i think uh this you know even within neil's kind of discography this is has sort of a unique place i don't think there's any record like this you yeah. know by anyone and there's not really a record like this by neil either yeah i, I was
2: it, listening i mean i was listening to it beforehand and i was i i think i thought the same thing i was kind of like like they're really, I mean, even though it has a lot of people who, you know, he played with, I mean, it has Nils Lofgren, it has Crazy Horse Rhythm Section, it has uh, Ben Keith on it, um, you know, all these like regulars, there there really isn't a record that sounds like this otherwise
0: in his in his, uh, in his his catalog for sure. And um, just to sort of set the stage, um, and Tyler, I'm probably going to, you probably know the chronology and facts <laughs> better than I
1: But he basically,
0: um, you know, this record is kind of, you know, haunted by death of, um, we'll hear in the first song, um, Bruce Barry, who was a a young, uh, guy that was basically kind of a roadie, I think, guitar tech for Neil that died. Um, also Danny Witten, who we'll hear later, um, a member of the original crazy horse lineup that also died. And I mean, they basically what just sort of decamped to this like kind of brick warehouse building, right. Just got, fucked up 24 hours a day and like yeah, made this and, record right
2: yeah it's like a rehearsal studio um in hollywood i think um and yeah it was it was like i think just kind of they yeah they they spent a, a while there just recording and drinking i think and cheeseburgers, probably. <laughs> yeah. And probably some other stuff, too, as well. Maybe some other stuff yeah. in there as well. I don't know. <laughs> Which is funny because, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, both of those guys, uh, Danny Witten and Bruce Barry. I mean, they died of, um, I mean, at least I think that maybe Danny Witten, I'm, I'm unclear as to whether he died of a heroin overdose or just sort of he died coming off of heroin. Um, but Bruce Berry died of a heroin overdose, as Neil describes in, this, in the title track. Yeah, um, so it is sort of funny. Like, I mean, you know, I don't know whether anybody was doing heroin at this place, but they were, you know, getting as as close as they
0: could to being completely kind of dissipated yeah, and blotto. And and yeah. you'll hear like this. The album sort of just like it's pretty amazing to hear like a major label rock record that's this raw and like unrehearsed. Yeah. Because like you'll hear, let's play the title track, right. uh, the, the first the first title track because it, it's. It's great. I mean, it's like the band's kind of tuning up as the song starts. Yeah, basically. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the
2: night.
0: One of the great bass lines of all time.
2: Yeah, it's Billy Talbot. Tonight's the night.
0: And you also, I mean, the voices are very raw, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah,
2: incredibly, <laughs> incredibly raw. Yeah, I mean, it is, it, yeah, again, like, it is, it is as though Neil Young was, like, you know, like a guy who maybe should have been doing, like, private press recordings at this point, but was also, like, the biggest rock star in the <laughs> on the planet. Yeah, just an incredibly dry <laughs> vocal sound. Yeah,
0: yeah, everything's just super dry, super like, yeah, sort of just flat. And and it's kind of got this sort of like, I mean, Crazy Horse definitely has a, a different vibe, and the Stray Gators kind of have a different vibe, like the more country rock thing. And this one just has this kind of one-off, kind of weird, like sleazy, kind of yeah, deconstructed bar band kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That I've yeah, always I mean, really I think, loved.
2: Yeah, the band, I think they they called themselves the Santa Monica Flyers, which I think was maybe like a basketball team or something. You know, something they borrowed from some kind of... But you can just sort of imagine these guys, yeah, like rubbing their eyes in the sunlight and waiting for the, the sun to go down, going down to Venice Beach or something and scoring. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like it just has, yeah, it has a very deep... Uh, sleaze to it um but he's impressive yeah if i remember right i feel like what they did was they sort of had like a set of songs that were going to be on the record that maybe there's a few additions to the final final version but i think that they just sort of played them live you know straight through yeah um to to get like you know the full full effect of the record Um, and it's yeah. Yeah. But again, yeah, it it doesn't sound like a crazy horse record necessarily. And it doesn't sound, you know, like, like what crazy horse would become in in the later seventies and eighties and
0: nineties. Well, you know, this Elmo, what, what's, uh, what's a favorite of yours you want to hear? Let's see. Um, I mean, I really, you know, like one of, one of the songs
2: I love is speaking out the second song yeah um, which is just like, yeah like again, sort of a deep <laughs> a deep sludge, um sort of like a Jimmy Reed song that has been uh like taken into I don't know the Lite Tar pits or something,
0: yeah, let's hear it. Here's where I think, on several points in this album, too, where I think the kind of, like, winging it kind of unrehearsed thing actually saves the whole thing. Yeah. Because this could easily have been, like, a much cornier kind of, like, blues yeah, I mean, kind if of, he had, like, if song. Yeah, done
2: this, if he had done this with, like, the blue notes, like, yeah. you know, in the late 80s, you'd be like, well, okay.
0: <laughs> but, like, you know, everyone seems like they're kind of sliding into the beat, you know, a little bit. Yeah. and like yeah. Maybe, yeah. like, I feel like there's a lot of hand-watching in this album, oh, yeah. like, where people are like, looking for, like, the chord changes, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's just, like, it's trying to be as as loose as you possibly can. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, I've always, I always kind of like it. And, I mean, actually, I mean, with all the, like, talk of, these records being, you know, super dark and super like, mm-hmm. like grim. I also think that tonight's tonight night is a great album to put on like, like as a party record kind of, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, a certain type of party, like a certain type of hangout or something, but like, it is like sort of in its own weird way, kind of like a fun record. Like it sounds like they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. If yeah it's totally. like, like, yeah, kind it's making
0: it a boozy charm yeah. to it. Yeah. This is a great like, solo too. Yeah, that's that's Neil's Lofgren. The... Okay, I always wondered that because it sounded a little fancy for Neil. Yeah, in yeah. I mean, yeah, it's
2: definitely not something that Neil could pull off. I don't think. Um, and it is kind of confusing because I think maybe when I first heard it, because Neil says during this, he says, "All right, Nils, like play, you know, like play the play the solo or whatever." But I felt like Neil was like, I thought that he said, "All right, Neil," he was <laughs> talking himself to himself like, or something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I wouldn't put past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Neil, play the guitar. Like he's giving himself a pep talk. Yeah, and again, yeah, I'm looking at the cover of this record, and I'm always just like... Oh, like, it's one Man. of the great covers of all time. Yeah, that's just like
0: so, so intense. Like, yeah. Like, what a crazy... What a crazy look yeah no there's a there's a period where he's kind of dressing like this there's sometimes you see him with a flying v too. guitar yeah it's rare yeah, that pictures was
2: the, that was the time fades away to her i think he okay playing a flying yeah, v. yeah.
0: i love that because the, the flying v makes is even more kind of like <laughs> not neil young and so it's yeah. like yeah Um was, i love that era um yeah all right let's what's another one uh i feel like mellow my mind is definitely we got to hear mellow my mind yeah um this one getting back to the raw vocals. I mean, I I don't know if there's a major label record that has a raw or like yeah, should have been rejected by the label vocal that actually to me makes the entire song, but like oh, man, man, his like, voice in <laughs> on the in the chorus here just is like these guys are smoking a lot of cigarettes and staying up all night. The like these guys just sound fucking exhausted, you know what yeah. I mean? It's a
2: full full break. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, it's beautiful, and it's like it is it is a sort of thing where you are like, I mean, for for all the you know him being kind of you know substance substance led at this point, like drinking a lot, smoking a lot of smoking a lot of marijuana, doing whatever else he's doing. I do feel like I mean, I think he knows what he's doing on this song. Too. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, like this the chorus, you're just like, like oh, you know, I mean, that's like a perfect. You know like it's perfect way to do this yeah i mean but it makes it is, the song totally it is very raw <laughs> i think you're right I, i'm not sure if i could think of like a more like like uh like out of tune situation
0: <laughs> no yeah like here we go when he goes up for it yeah yeah <laughs> that I had I, yeah, mean, I that, mean, does, it,
2: that does make me, you know, like, I mean, it's it's like a perfect vocation of smoking a lot of cigarettes
0: <laughs> Yeah, totally, no, I mean, it, it wouldn't work the same way I mean, like, this song is probably, the, maybe if there's one on here that could have, like, worked on Harvest, you know, it, it performed yeah. in a different manner, you know yeah. This is probably the closest to, like, kind of a neo-classic, you know, folk, yeah. country rock vibe yeah, it's
2: like later he'll do it. He does it like on banjo, and it sounds you know it's more. It's like perkier and mm-hmm. like a little more. Yeah, could have been a hit. Mellow my mind, 1974. That's what people wanted to hear.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's almost like he he sap, like sabotaged it like so it couldn't be a hit. You know? Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. like this, if this had a more traditional vocal, they might have made this a single. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah. You you speed it up a little bit and you add a little. A little heart. You put Linda Ronstadt on it. You're you're, you're golden.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Wadi Wachtel sits in.
2: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: But yeah, it's a beautiful. Like it's a great song. <laughs> it's so nice. Um, yeah, yeah. It's great. I feel like we should probably just because he's sort of. I mean. I feel like we should hear Danny Witten here just because like, you know, yeah. th- this is sort of the animating thing of this record. I think more than, you know, I think, I think Neil really truly loved Danny and, you know, yeah. um, we're going to hear, come on, baby, let's go downtown, which is, uh, th- no. So this is not, m- this maybe yeah. wasn't supposed to be on the record. This is, is this called from the Fillmore East thing? Is this yeah. the same performance?
2: Yeah. It's a live, I don't know if it's, it, it, I'm I'm actually not sure if it's the, the exact same performance as the one that shows up on that live record but it is from the same shows um so it's yeah it's set. it's like spring of 1970 and it's literally yeah i mean it's like it is kind of like a master stroke because it is like you know for a album that's filled with
0: like sort of ghosts it's like here's here's the ghost you know? yeah and, <laughs> like, and you know this really just i mean i think danny whitten is really a great what if of rock music yeah totally. um he was so talented um I you'll hear. I mean, I think he had a great vocal tone. I love that first Crazy Horse record. Um, and yeah. you know, I, I like. Well, let's play it here, and I, because I, you know, y- you've interviewed all the Crazy Horse guys, but um, yeah, this is sort of different. Like this is just a good time rock song right here. Yeah, it's so good.
1: Come on, baby.
2: Yeah, when Crazy Horse put this, I mean, because it's on the first Crazy Horse record, but they kind of futzed around with the arrangement in a way that I feel like they really didn't need to. I feel like this song, you're like, like if this song had come out in 1970, it would be like a classic rock.
0: Yeah, you know, I know everybody
2: would be like, like oh, it's like a you know, Almond Brothers song or something. Except it's not yeah. scoring dope too. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I, they could have got by with it, you know. There's plenty oh, yeah, of yeah, oblique yeah. drug references yeah. in that yeah. era. Yeah, um, but I do wonder sometimes I'm curious Tyler because you know, you've know you interviewed you know obviously Poncho and, and, and Billy and stuff yeah. I, I mean I love obviously like you know what becomes the classic like Zuma era and on lineup like I love I've listened to a million crazy horse bootlegs like, so though sometimes I do wonder because I do feel like the Danny era crazy horse like Neil had somebody that was a little bit close to his level Yeah, that could have maybe pushed him in ways and I don't know if that would have lasted for that reason but what, I don't know what's your take on that
2: yeah, I mean, it, it probably, I mean, like, as far as a songwriter, because, I mean, yeah, like, none of the guys in Crazy Horse, I mean, if you've listened to, you know, the the crazy, the post-Witten Crazy Horse records, there, you know, there's nobody who's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's good stuff on them, but, like, there's nobody who's, like, a, a good songwriter, I'd say. Um, they're, like, people who are, like, oh, I gotta write a song, I guess. Um, Danny Witten, I feel like probably would have, I mean, you know, he wrote, I don't want to talk about it, which is like an incredible kind of like ballad that, yeah. he, you know, later, I mean, it was covered uh, a bunch,
0: look um, at all the things. I love that. Look one.
2: at all the things is an amazing song. Yeah. I mean, and, it, and it's just sort of crazy because it is like, he was like, just kind of getting rolling at the time. Yeah. And he's, <laughs>
0: he's probably a little bit more of a player, you know, on yeah. guitar as well. Definitely yeah. a little more of a player.
2: Yeah, I mean, you. I feel like that Fillmore East thing doesn't even get to the like. I mean, as amazing as it is, it's one of the best live records, you know. I think that anybody's ever done from 1970. But like, there are there are some recordings that aren't as aren't as good from that same tour where you hear him doing kind of more uh, elaborate stuff, and you're like, oh, like he he would have been like, you know, a Neil Young level. Guitar player, songwriter, all that stuff. I don't know what they would have done. I mean, it is,
0: yeah, it is the sort of thing where you are like. I mean, Neil tends to blow things up too, so it might have ended in different ways. But yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I am sure that you know, if he had if he had somehow come out of it, they probably would have broken up and then gotten back together and then broken up and hated each other and <laughs> yeah, you know, like everybody got it, got it back together. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he, you know, Danny Wooden was definitely. I mean, I I have little doubt that he would have been like you know like at least like a fairly major player
0: in 70s rock if you, yeah, if you had managed to get through it yeah definitely um um yeah. let's see i mean there's a lot on here um
2: yeah i mean the 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 only other one that i mean the the one i feel like tired eyes is like I was another say another song that's like completely unique in Neil's catalog i mean yeah. there's no, nothing else like it
0: and I love some of, like, I always feel like Neil has certain, like, almost, like, Dream State songs, you know? Like, I feel yeah. like Thrasher is kind of like that. I feel like right. other ones. Um, and, like, Tired Eyes. Uh, yeah, this one is just an uh, amazing. Yeah, the it,
2: spoken it, element of those verses. I mean, it's, like, very hard to imagine him, like, how how people could, like, just writing it, I guess. I mean, it would be interesting to know, like, how it came together, I guess. And he left a line in an open field. Yeah, we haven't talked about Ben Keith on this record either, and Ben Keith is like insane. Like his oh, yeah, the, the pedal, steel. The pedal steel stuff on it is like like full-on cosmic pedal steel. <laughs> Please
0: take my advice. Some more great kind of <laughs> ragged, awesome vocals.
2: Yeah, I mean it is. I mean tired eyes. It's like it's like it feels like 4 a.m. or something. You know, like yeah, like you are. You've you've made it. You've made it as yeah. far.
0: This but next, yeah, song, I mean, yeah. yeah. This is some great lines here. It's
2: supposed to go down
1: that way, but they burned his brother, you know, and they left him lying in the driveway. <laughs>
2: yeah it's incredible.
0: He tried to do his best, but he could not. I think this is about a real life thing with some drug dealers in Santa Monica or something. yeah,
2: it was somebody i, I think that I think they they maybe in Shaky the Jimmy McDonough book, he even talks to the guy who this is based on, who went to jail <laughs> and then got out. and, you know, it was like, Like, yeah, it was like a crazy situation. Wow. (laughs) But it is. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Just like Neil Young kind of, I mean, I feel like he does. I mean, Neil Young is like, a. you know, I mean, I I don't even think he's that crazy of a guy necessarily in terms of, uh, you know, like lifestyle. I feel like he might even be like, you know, a conservative kind of lifestyle dude. Mm -hmm. Um, but he does love having these people around him <laughs> who are, yeah, you know, yeah. like like extremely on the edge,
0: uh, and you know he's he 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 absorbs a lot of it. Yeah, like there's that great line we just said was like, or was he just a loser? I mean, <laughs> he was a friend of yours. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, Neil does Neil definitely doesn't surround himself with like. Super professional people all the time, you know what I yeah. mean? Or like, you know, yeah. he seems to need a sort of kind of weird element around him. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I mean, the guy, you know, the guy who produced David Briggs, his producer, who produced most of the Crazy Horse stuff. Oh, um, oh my god, yeah. There's another guy who you know, like most like seventies rock stars would not have wanted involved.
0: <laughs> I mean, Briggs Briggs was probably the craziest dude in the whole thing. In a yeah, lot of, I think so. <laughs> I mean, he was like.
2: Yeah, like like a real gonzo individual who who didn't really care about, <laughs> uh, you know, like getting on Neil's good side or something. Which you know, I mean, this is probably why why Neil Young liked having him around. It was like this guy's gonna tell me I suck. Like, yeah. let's let's do it.
0: <laughs> let's and I think part it. of it, which is Briggs, is he probably just was like fine with just like I'm fucking set up the microphones and press record. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, I, I'm yeah. just gonna sit here and like. Do lines off the <laughs> mixing board yeah, while you guys yeah. like, play.
2: I mean, I think that you know. I mean, I think that when I, whenever I've talked to these crazy horse guys, they're like, like, oh, like he's a member of the band. He's not playing an instrument on these records, but he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, if he's in the room, he changes it. So it's like, like he's in the band, basically. Um, so you know, like that's that's like a producer in maybe a different way than like a lot of producers would think of things but it's like he's he's like a like a vibe a vibe technician or something
0: yeah totally um hmm. tired eyes that was a good one maybe uh, let's do one more let's do albuquerque i think this is a great yeah yeah i love that this is kind of a great you know just like another bummer kind of stoned (laughs) out i mean (laughs) the the whole record's kind of like this but this is a great you know
2: yeah and just like a great i mean like the I feel like the the riff opening this thing is just yeah. kind of like, like I'm not sure what tuning he's in, but it's like,
0: yeah. Also, like the opening lines. This are another one of those Neil like, kind of <laughs> finalities that I find very deep in some way. Yeah, yeah. and I don't know why. I can't. Yeah, Keith yeah,
2: is so and good Keith those. is like. <laughs> piano too i mean that's neils lofgren playing the piano on this who's you know not a piano player um neil made him into a piano player
0: (laughs) i don't know why that gets me it's just it's just geography (laughs) Yeah, no. But I mean, it's there like, should be. Like, there oh, probably man. should be more. That's so true, Neil. It's so true, yeah. man. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and this is Ralph Molina on drums on most of this.
2: Yeah, it's Ralph Molina and Billy Talbot are the rhythm section on on all of it, I guess. Um, and yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like it actually is like a really good, uh, you know. Because I mean, I think that people are kind of like down on them as being like. Like, oh, you know, like they're just kind of like a garage band kind of thing, but they're pretty sensitive on this record. Um, Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that Neil makes them play uh, below their abilities a lot of the time. Mm hmm. um, Because that's just what he wants. Yeah, because this
0: reminds me a little more of like a Kenny Buttry who, you know, like that kind of country backbeat kind of thing.
2: I think those guys, I mean, I think, I mean, especially Melina, I think Melina is like a pretty decent drummer in terms of just like. Like, he could be, if he was given, you know, a little more time to come up with parts that Neil usually gives him, you'd be, like, somebody who's, you know, a real pro. But a lot of the time, I think it's just like, like, okay, we're doing it, and this is the only take.
0: Some classic Lonely Harmonica by Neil. Lonely Harmonica. It is funny, though, because, like, I... He has such a distinctive harmonica style, too. Like, I instantly know it's him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I always think of, you know, like... John Popper. John Popper. Yeah, I do. I literally think of John Popper. (laughs) The goat. Blue Traveler. I think of, like, him being on, like, MTV News when I was in high school or something. And, like, him being like, like, you know, I love... I love bob and i love neil but like what they do with the harmonica is just like like you know it's like sacrilege like the harmonica is so important and i'm always <laughs> like i'm always like well if that's like what we're if that's what we're talking about here uh you know <laughs> oh my I'll god take, that's so funny. i'll take these guys i don't want to hear the i don't want to hear the harmonica i think uh, john blue, popper from blue Stratford. Stratford.
0: turned into like a, some kind of weird like Gun nut dude or something, <laughs> like, yeah. Like I think he got arrested with like mass amounts of weapons and shit. Yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Matt, you
2: know. he, he instead of having a you know like twenty harmonicas strapped around his belt, he <laughs> was all like ammo. Now it was all just guns and <laughs> ammo. Yeah. But yeah, Albuquerque. That's a great one. It makes me want to go to Albuquerque.
0: I know. I've never been.
2: I haven't been to Albuquerque either. I've been down in New Mexico. I mean, I'm in Colorado, but I've I've never been all the way to
0: Albuquerque. It might be, you know. I've been be to worth Santa Fe.
2: It's only 90 miles away, apparently. I
0: was in Alamogordo. It's mm-hmm. where they do that, the testing for rockets and the white sands and all that. It <laughs> yeah. was pretty wild. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of a spooky area. Yeah, um, it is. For but, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, these are two like, really great you know, albums, uh, tonight's the night is definitely for me, probably, I don't know. I don't, I'm not very good at ranking things, but I, it's probably no, my top I 10 don't. albums of all time. But, um, it's yeah. certainly, there was a period when I got into this album that definitely took me from being like a Neil young fan in general to being like, I got super obsessed with this record. I got super kind of inside it maybe yeah, at, to a point where it wasn't always healthy as a young man, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, uh, I don't know. There's just something about Tonight's the Night. I think it's one of those those rock records that just has a certain, you know, like I don't know, Astro Weeks has a certain thing or you know, like this kind yeah. of atmosphere of it that's that's sort of I don't know, something beyond the notes, something beyond the like yeah. what's there, you know? Yeah,
2: I mean and it's and it is it's like the whole package too, you know. I mean you like you get this record and you pick it up and look at the crazy cover and the crazy, you know, gatefold and the back I mean, like you look at the back of that uh, record and it has, you know, the group photo of all those guys. And I mean, they just look like it's like the (laughs) like maybe the filthiest thing you've ever seen in your life. You know, you're just kind of like like what is what's going on here? So, I mean, you know, yeah, it's like it it is like a good kind of uh, confluence of of like like just the yeah, like like the art is is all it all comes together in a really nice way the music the visuals the vibe is is just kind of like this perfect thing that you do i don't know yeah i mean i agree like just i mean like just listening to like these samples that we were playing i was like i was like no maybe this is the best neil young album
0: yeah it's hard but i I mean mean.
2: you know i go i uh, you know it's probably like if you if you had picked zuma i would be like oh no this is the best one or everybody knows this is nowhere yeah, like, no, yeah this is the best one. Yeah, so it no. depends on, it's it's the best depends one right on now. which one is playing.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, this is super fun though, and I, I loved. I hadn't listened to this for a while, and I was like, man, I really tonight tonight is an amazing piece of amazing piece of art, amazing piece of music. Um, and we'll definitely, you know, there's also just a, a certain thing as these early '70s records were like. There's never going to be records like this ever again because like yeah. the whole business isn't the same and culture isn't the same and like yeah you know this can only be made by somebody that has made a record label, a ton of money and has a little bit of enough leash to be able to go do this without being shut down. And I think the industry just would not tolerate this kind of stuff anymore, you know, or or get the budget to like, yeah, you guys just to go get wasted in like an, a, you know, a garage basically for like two months or whatever, you know?
2: Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it it probably, I mean, probably paying all these guys, they were probably like, Probably all the musicians on this record are getting paid pretty well, you know? I'm sure,
0: yeah. (laughs) Probably getting at least, you know, standard whatever rates back then. Um, Right. So, Tyler, man, I'm glad we could finally do this. I've been meaning to ask you forever, and I want to do Neil. I love
2: talking about Neil Young. Absolutely.
0: Well, hopefully I'll get out to Denver again. We had a good time (laughs) last year when we were able to hook up. So, yeah. Uh, I'll let you know if I'm in town. And uh, um, what are you, just Tyler Wilcox at Twitter...
2: Yeah, I, I'm at like Ty Wilk at Twitter, um, and then but I mean, really the I mean the place goes Doom and Gloom from the Tomb, either Substack or Tumblr. Somehow still on Tumblr, um, but the Substack thing I've been kind of trying to trying to ramp up a little bit. So you can, yeah, you could search for that, and then yeah, I mean, I'd say just like I mean Aquarium Drunkard is kind of the the main the main zone, and it's just a good. It's a good website.
0: There's a great music website, Graham <laughs> Drunkard, and, and and Doom and Gloom has some, like, you know, just, I mean, I'm looking right now, we got and Bajas, we got The Clean, we got, you know, all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's a really great site and a lot of really cool, you know, unreleased and bootleg music uh, on there. Um, so yeah, check it out. Tyler, really, uh, again, appreciate your time and thanks for doing this. We always appreciate you listening. Uh, if you want to support, go to patreon.com. Slash Minmax M I N N M A X and also check out Minmax. Uh, they're all over uh, the internet as well, doing cool video game stuff. So this has been Crossfade, and uh, we'll see you next time.